This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. I come this evening um, very pregnant with God's Word. I sincerely trust and hope that you're going to receive God's Word and you would run with it. Praise God forevermore. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 13? And I would want us to read from, yeah, from verse 10. Genesis 13 from verse 10. Or better, let's read from verse 14. I would give you the background. Verse 14. So just before we read this, now the background of the story is that in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham um, was told by God to leave his father's house. And I want you to note that Genesis 12, 1 starts by saying, now God had told, had told Abraham, right, to leave his father's house, to come out of his father's house. So God had been speaking to Abraham, but Abraham decided to obey when Genesis 12 was being documented. All right. And when he left, God told him he was going to make him a great nation, was going to bless him and do a lot of wonderful things in and through him. The Bible tells us that, and Lot went with him. Somebody say Lot went with him. All right, and Lot went with him. Now, Genesis 13 starts by telling us an encounter that Abraham and definitely Lot had had in Egypt. Now, when Abraham got to Egypt, well, he was favored, let's put it in a very good way. And verse 13 starts telling us that and Abraham was very rich in cattle and in all manner of substance leaving Egypt. Now, Abraham had a lot of substance the same way Lot had a lot of substance. Because Lot had associated with Abraham, so whatever was provoking and causing Abraham to be favored and to be wealthy and rich, obviously had come upon Lot. So Lot was a benefactor of being around Abraham. Now, the Bible tells us very plainly that the substance of Lot had become so much that the herdsmen of Lot and Abraham started to strife. Okay? And... Abraham looked at Lot one day and said, you know, it's not good for us to fight. I think we should go our separate ways. So if you choose to go left, I would go right. If you choose to go right, I would go left. Very simple. Now, I need to tell you about Lot because Lot was Abraham's brother's son. So Abraham was Lot's uncle, right? And hence, I would have expected Lot to... Tell Abraham, ah, no, no, sir, I, I think you should choose. After you choose, I would choose whatever is left if we are to go our separate ways. But Lot was a very interesting guy. The Bible tells us that in verse 10, that Lot lifted up his eyes after Abraham had made that proposal and looked and saw the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered, right? He says, everywhere before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, meaning that he looked at a particular location and saw green grass. He saw this place well watered, looking beautiful, looking good. And it looked in the opposite direction and discovered that, well, that looks like a desert wilderness. That place looks deprived of everything good. 
And Lot looked at Abraham and said, Sir, I think I will go in the direction that looks very good. Meaning Abraham should go in the other direction. Do you understand the story? Now verse 14. Now after this separation was made, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that Lot was separated from him, God did not tell Abraham this before Lot left Abraham. All the while Lot was with Abraham, God never told him what he was about to tell him. God was about to show Abraham a secret that was going to deliver all the promises that he had made to him. So Abraham thought he had begun to experience God and God was saying, Hey, what you've experienced so far are messy drops. The big thing is coming. But I'm going to show you the secret to the big thing. But the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Abraham, After Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, And look from the place where thou art, Northward and southward, And eastward and westward, Meaning look all around. Verse 15, For all the land which thou, Can we shout the word that we can find there together? One, two, let's say it. Seest, meaning the land that you see, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Verse 16, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Verse 17, arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Now that is a strange instruction. Now, the very first thing I would want to point your attention to is this. The name Lot. And you know, the Bible, I've always said this, I'm, I'm a strong proponent of this. That the Bible, when you read the Bible, there are no meaningless details in the Bible. None. Now, the name Lot means a covering. Like putting a cloth over your face so that you won't be able to see. That's what the name Lot means. So even though when we read it, we're talking about a physical human being, but we're speaking figuratively. Because what God is saying is, hey, after Lot has left, after whatever was causing a covering has left, the next thing God is telling Abraham to do is, look. I don't think that's a coincidence. He's saying, look. And he says, look, northward, southward, westward, eastward. Let me ask you a question. How much or how far could Abraham have looked to see the whole land that God was going to give him? He was definitely going to be limited by his physical sight, isn't it? But that's why God said, after you have looked, I want you to now do something else. It is not the land that you look at I'm going to give you. It is the land that you see. Because there is a difference between looking and seeing. There are two different things. He says you can look northward, southward and look. The same way Lot had looked at the plains and seen a fantastic location. He says you can look. But it is not the land you look at I'm going to give you. It is the land you see that I'm going to give you. Now, what would buttress what I just said is the strange instruction that God gives Abraham in verse 17. He says, arise, walk all through the length of the land. Is it possible for Abraham to have walked the whole length of the land that God was going to give him? No, because what God was telling him is that, arise, because you read the last verse, verse 18. He says, now, 
what would you have expected to read after arise walk through the land in the length of it the breadth of it i'll give it to you you would have expected verse 18 to say and abraham stood up and began to walk isn't it but read verse 18 it says then abraham removed the stent and came and dwelt in the land of mamre what do you see that's what i want to title this message what do you see right from the book of genesis we read that um adam and eve lived in the garden god gave them an instruction and the serpent came to eve and told eve something else and said if you eat of the fruit you shall not surely die um he says so don't worry you can eat of it and the bible says the woman picked the fruit and ate the fruit and gave it to the man that was with her meaning abraham adam rather was there all the while so it is not women's fault that man fell was there you should have explained things better but you read something very interesting the woman ate the fruit nothing happened the man ate the fruit genesis chapter 3 tells you that and the eyes of both of them were what opened what was the sign that something had happened to them both spiritually and physically it had to do with their eyes being opened now you would agree with me that it was not as though they were blind before they ate the fruit physically so when god said and the eyes of both of them were opened it is not their physical eyes that god opened it was their inner eyes because we do have our outer eye and our inner eyes so you read something very interesting in ephesians talking about the holy spirit he says and paul was praying for the ephesians and he says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened meaning flooded with light and then you read in acts chapter 3 verse 16 talking about a prophecy he says this is that and this is peter speaking to the people after they saw people prophesying and speaking in tongues and speaking saying the wonderful works of god and peter says that this is that which was prophesied by the prophet joel he says that in the last days he says god will pour out of his spirit upon our flesh right and what was going to be one of the primary things the holy spirit was going to do he says and your sons and daughters shall prophesy speaking and he says your young men shall do what see visions and old men shall do what dream dreams now why if you were to put that in another way your young men shall see differently your old men shall see differently it had to do with how they see because i have come to discover by reading and studying the bible that god does nothing in the life of any man if that man does not see differently as a matter of fact one of the primary responsibilities of the holy spirit and the word of god in the life of any person is to change how you see how you see yourself how you see life how you see things because how you see determines how you interpret and your perspective to life so it is very important that how you see changes so i'm asking you again tonight what do you see because it is what you see that you can become if you do not see it you can never become it now 
God understood this principle and he showed it to Abraham. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 15, you read the same thing, verse 5. Abraham came out to God and was talking to God and he said, God, seeing I go childless, I do not have any child, and was lamenting and lamenting and lamenting. And God said, how do I get this guy to understand what I have in store for him? God said, okay, you know what? Abraham, go outside. He says, look at the stars. Can you count the stars? Why was God doing that to him? And Abraham looked and says, I can't count the stars. He says, the same way you can't count the stars, that's how your descendants would be. God was trying to paint a picture on his mind. Was trying to paint a picture. Because God understood that if Abraham, the Abraham rather, did not see this miracle happen, it would never happen. What do you see? What do you see? I've come to discover that God works with us based on what we see. And what we see is our responsibility. I remember the man Job. Very interesting character in the Bible. The Bible tells us that Job was a wealthy man. But you see, the Bible tells us that he had seven sons and three daughters. Ten children in total. And every time these children gathered together to just, you know, spend time with each other and celebrate, the Bible tells us that Job would go and make sacrifices. Why? Because he would say, maybe they've cursed God in their hearts. Uh, maybe, you know, and all the maybes. And that was what Job would always do. Now, interestingly, the devil goes to God and we know the story, Job chapter 1. But do you know the interesting thing? you would actually think that the devil was 100% responsible for Job's problem. Until you read Job 3.25, Job chapter 3 verse 25, when Job himself said, he says, what I have greatly feared has come upon me. Meaning that Job had a picture of defeat. He had a pick, even though he was wealthy, God had blessed him so much. Somewhere in Job's heart, he was always afraid that, well, maybe something would go wrong. Maybe something would go wrong. And this is not, and maybe something will go wrong. And of course, what he did was to give the devil a raw materials for the devil to work with. What we see is very important. And I'm not talking about what you see with your optical eyes. I'm telling you, what do you see on your inside? What do you see about your job? What do you see about your marriage? What do you see? Because I have come to discover that both God and the devil, and the devil learns it from God, they work in our lives based on the picture that we have on our inside. If there is no picture on the inside, I can assure you there is very little the devil can do in the life of a person. If there is no picture on the inside, also there is very limited what God can do in the life of a person. Because every time God was going to do something, and read the story of Jesus, every time God would ask, Jesus would ask questions like, do you believe I can do this? Why is he asking? Because he wants a picture to get formed in the mind of that person. Because that is how God operates. He operates through the pictures in our mind. Do you remember Joseph? Joseph started to dream. And people would call him Joseph the dreamer. He was just dreaming. He spoke to his father about it. Spoke to his brothers about it. As a matter of fact, they hated him for the dreams. They, they 
took him, sold him to slavery. No matter how low you sink, I can assure you, if there is a dream in your heart, if the picture in your heart is right, it's only a matter of time. You would rise above all the circumstance. Because no matter how much circumstances try to choke Joseph, they threw him in prison. And from prison, was it in prison? The reason the guy was happy. I mean, have you ever asked yourself why? I mean, he was in prison and he was noticing the people that things were going wrong for. Somebody that was wrongly accused and thrown in prison. But this guy was excited. Why? Because he had a picture. That picture stayed with him. That picture stayed with him. So even though he was in prison, he knew that this is just a matter of time. I'm coming out of this. Because what I saw was that people were bound down to me. So he already saw it and he maintained that picture. And did the picture happen? Yes, it did. Because it is what you see you become. It is a law of the spirit. If you do not understand this law, I'm telling you there is very, very, very little that God can do in and through your life, regardless of all his good intentions towards you. If you read the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 5, it begins to tell us what God was talking to Jeremiah about. It says that, hey, that I have called you, that I have ordained you a prophet. And this is God talking and bragging to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah looks at God and says, ha, huh, that what he are saying is extremely big. Can we look at it? Okay, from verse 5. It says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Next verse. Next verse, please. I should just use my Bible. Thank you. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1. Okay. So he says, then said, ah, I, ah, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. That was what Jeremiah was saying. God was talking to him about being a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah was saying, ah, God, I'm a child. That was what he was saying. I am too small to accomplish all of these great things you are saying. Verse 7, but the Lord said unto me, say not I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Verse 10. Can we shout the first word together? One, two, let's go. See. God needed him to see it. He has said it, but he wanted him to see it. See, I have this day set thee over the nations. Had that happened physically? No. But he wanted him to see it. I have set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Until Jeremiah saw this, it would never happen. Verse 11. Now read the interesting thing. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? God was double checking. That what can you see now? I have told you stuff. What are you seeing now? And Jeremiah said, and I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said unto me, thou hast well seen. For I will hasten my word to perform it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 An almond tree is a very fruitful tree. 
So this was symbolic. Jeremiah was saying, yes, Lord, I see what you see now. I see what you see. So I'm fruitful. I'm not just a child. I should stop seeing myself as a child. And God said, yes, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready for what I just said. In Exodus, God had told Moses that he was going to use him to deliver the children of Israel. And Moses initially found it hard to believe, but God showed him some signs. And Moses went and said, embarked on this mission. But at a particular time, Moses had confronted Pharaoh and Moses had started to become afraid. When God was going to talk to Moses, verse 7, Exodus chapter 7, verse 1, Exodus 7, 1. God looked at Abraham, Moses and said, see, until you see something, you would not be able to do the work I have sent you to do. Verse 1, it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, see, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Until Moses began to see that he was a God to Pharaoh, he was never going to fulfill God's mission or ministry for his life. What do you see? What do you see about your family? What do you see about your health? What do you see? What do you see about that business? Are you seeing that business expanding and taking over the whole world? What do you see? You see, in the realm of seeing, there are no limits. You can see anything, regardless of where you are physically. You can close your eyes and begin to see. I remember the story. And interestingly, this is, well, there are debates. Was he a Christian? Was he not a Christian? But I mean, the principles still apply. Nelson Mandela, we're reading one of his autobiographies. He was telling the story of one day that, I mean, the, the, the reporter was asking him a question and said, you see, you spent about 27 years in prison. Can you tell us the day that was the most terrible day? that you spent in prison. And Nelson Mandela began to recount different things. And he said, well, there was a particular day that the prison wardens buried me to my neck and began to take turns urinating on my head. And the reporter looked at him and said, wow, they did that to you? He said, yes, they did that to me. And the reporter asked him, how did you survive that? Because if I was the one, I would tell them, okay, I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it. Africa, South Africa, what is my problem? I'm not doing it. I'm not interested again. And he said, well, when they were urinating on my head, I closed my eyes. And I remembered when I was 12 years old and I sat on the pew of a church. And it occurred to me that one day, Nelson, you can become the president of a free South Africa. He said, I remember, and that picture came back to my mind. And regardless of what they did to me, it didn't matter. Did he become president or not? He saw it on the inside. I don't know how many of you have seen this picture, stumbled on it. You can Google it after the service. A picture of Bill Clinton shaking John F. Kennedy. Have you seen that picture before? Bill Clinton was in what you would call, I think, primary school. And John F. Kennedy had become president of America at that time and went to visit their school. And he, had, he was the one who was privileged to shake his hand and give him a gift. And he said he shook his hand and they took the picture and he kept that picture. That He said every time he looked at that picture, he told himself, I can become president of America one day. Did he become president or not? I mean, this is the story of every great man. Every great man. The things that are happening in this ministry today are things that 
Pastor La has spoken about years, years ago. He has spoken about them, talked about them, talked about them, talked about them. And that's why I, I, I so have faith that the things he's talking about now, they will all happen. All those confessions as the host of heaven that cannot be numbered, they are not just mere words. They are words that have become pictures on our inside. So we are so confident that it will happen because it has already happened. We can already see it. Because you must understand that in life, everything is created twice. The first time every, anything is created is on your inside. The second time it's created is physically. You will be remiss to be looking at the physical to determine whether anything has been created or not. The first time is what is happening on your inside. That's why you can't envy anybody. Regardless of what's happening on your outside, what do you see on your inside? If you can see rightly on your inside, there is no issue about what's happening on the outside. It's just a matter of time. Because what you see uh, is a raw material that God would always work with to transform your life. Always. It's a law of the Spirit. It's a law of the Spirit. What do you see? Are you looking to get married? What do you see? What kind of man do you see yourself getting married to? What kind of lady do you see yourself getting married to? What do you see? I want you to ask your neighbor tonight, what do you see? Ask your neighbor properly, what do you see? What do you see? Because it is what you see, tell that neighbor, it is what you see that you would become. It is what you see that would happen for you. Can we rise up on our feet this evening? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What we see determines what happens to us. It is a law of the Spirit. God will walk with what you see. I want you to close your eyes this evening and begin to pray. Say, Father, help me to see as you see. That's why studying the Word of God is paramount. Because as we study God's Word, as we pray, God begins to paint pictures in our hearts. Pictures. 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 There is no hopeless situation in God. There is no hopeless situation. It is as far as your eyes can see. There is no hopeless situation. As far as your eyes can see, that is what God would do. How do you see your wife? How do you see your husband? Do you see them as a blessing? How do you see your children? How do you see your children turning out? If you believe in God for a child, do you see yourself carrying a child? Do you see it? Or you've allowed the picture of the devil that says you will never carry one be the picture before you always. What do you see? When you see what God sees, it changes your attitude towards life. You are excited and you rejoice. You know, regardless of what the situation is, the picture would come to pass. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, 
I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, well, be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.